I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Love these new music beds, man. Oh, honestly. Man, this thing rips. I ha- like, this we song have, rips. We have a lot of new ones. I don't think I've heard even this one yet. Sick. I was, we're done with the music band We're done with the music band school of rock impression right here. Snap it to bass, man. Well, that's I love you, man. That's, yeah, a little different. I was watching a lot of ESPN this morning. Go to the gym, get back to my house, eat some breakfast, Ooh, watch go to some the more gym first talk. takes. Subtle brag Woo! there. Subtle brag there. It was a lot of Kenny Pickett talk, man. It a was, lot. is this Pickett's time? Was this the right move to put Kenny Pickett in? Can Pickett, I don't know if they necessarily said save the season, but can he turn it around in some semblance? Uh, Mark has been asking on his show all week, can Kenny Pickett save the season? Is he a savior for the Steelers? That is putting way too much unfair expectations on the young man's shoulders. And I don't know if this season, although I'm not waving the white flag yet, and maybe he is lightning in a bottle and he will be the savior and get them to nine or ten wins somehow, some way. How that happens is beyond me, but that's why they play the football games. I do think, though, that this season can still be a major positive, even if they only win, say, like five games on the year. And what I mean by that is, for the first time, and I I hate to say this, but for the first time in a long, long time, maybe ever, wins and losses matter, but maybe not as much as your young quarterback looking better every single week matters. Yeah, I think <clears throat> the unfair expectations we're going to add to that list. Oh, and the last rookie quarterback to come in to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, guess what he did? Yeah, he went 14-0. He, le- so. he led them to a 15-1 record and made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. Again, adding unfair pressure to Kenny's shoulders. But I agree with you, Tom. Say Kenny gets this team to <clears throat> seven, eight wins. You're not looking at the season as a failure. Yes, it'll be the first time in Mike Tomlin's career as a head coach Oof. here that he'll have a losing record. But I think you're kind of looking at it as <clears throat> if Kenny can come in and leave the team to seven wins, then what is he going to do the next year? What, is it going to be nine, ten wins the next year? Eleven maybe? With, I mean, the problems that we had said coming into the season, the offensive line, the depth on defense, 
haven't been nearly as bad as we thought. So if those continue to improve as well, and now you have your quarterback moving forward, this team really isn't <clears throat> in in too deep as much as we thought it could have been entering this season. No, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying on Monday. It's like as much excitement as you can possibly have following a very bad loss to the Jets is being realized right now in this week leading into the Buffalo game because of the quarterback switch that was confirmed by Mike Tomlin in his press conference yesterday. Kenny's QB1. Mitch has dropped down to QB2 on the depth chart. Is this the best you felt after a loss in quite some time? I don't know if the best I felt is the right way to put it, but... But it's, it's the most It's undisturbed. almost like I've forgotten about the loss, it's the and most... I'm, I'm just looking ahead so far to the not right. just the Bills game, but the remainder of the season and the excitement that comes with developing this quarterback. The most undisturbed you felt after a loss. Well, especially after a loss like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you, you lose to the Bills in Buffalo, I'm not going to be too disturbed on Monday because I was expecting that to happen. Right. Like the- last year to Kansas City. Yeah, I knew they were going to lose 14. that game. Right. There was no really competition there. But so, yes, when you lose to a team like the Jets, an inferior opponent in Pittsburgh, I think only the second time, When Tom, you're 1-3, and three too. Like, you <laughs> right. need the win. Right. Well, I, one and I, two at the time, excuse me. George was uh Minka Fitzpatrick came out and said, It feels really bad to lose with all these teams so you think you're better. But if you're one and three, are you really That's that a much tough are you quote. really that much better than those teams? That's a tough quote to come out and say after you just lost to that team. It reminds me of and I just watched this thirty for thirty, so that's why it's so fresh in my okay. mind. When Matt Leinert and USC lost to Texas in his first statement after the game, Matt Leinert <laughs> said, We're still the better team. Uh just came up a little short today. Like, dude, no, you're not. Like you and that's lost. that's the same thing with Minka there in my mind. Like maybe on paper, yeah, you're the better team. You know, you, you pick these teams in Madden. And the Steelers are going to have the check mark on the overall, the offense, and the defensive side over the Jets. But this ain't Madden, and we don't play these games on paper. You aren't as good as the Jets. The Jets just beat you straight up. But I mean, Mika did his job, for sure. He's been the best player on probably the entire team this year to start the season. Because yeah, TJ, TJ's so. been hurt, but TJ right. had an amazing first game. And even even though Mika Fitzpatrick had a interception return for a touchdown in Week 1, TJ still had the better game overall. <laughs> Which is crazy. It's so much more than just one play. But Mink has been a, absolutely a rock, yes. earning the paycheck that he got this offseason. But you can't say that. No. Following a loss because you're one and three. You're I mean, one you're, and three. You're on a three game losing streak, that, and that streak doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. No, your team is now closer towards the Texans' end of the spectrum than yeah, it is absolutely. closer towards like the Ravens' and Dolphins' end of the spectrum. I mean, absolutely. But the difference is, let's bring it full circle here. There's exci- like Davis Mills, eh, second year, whatever, some excitement. There's excitement with the Steelers. There's promise with the Steelers. I'll tell you this. <clears throat> you just listed the the Dolphins right now, and then a short window of weeks, you kind of like the upside potential for the Steelers more so than you do the Dolphins, because the Dolphins are now playing with Teddy Bridgewater, and the Steelers have now the rookie quarterback entering the entering the game. And that brings me to, you look at this four-game death stretch. I initially thought maybe the Buccaneers is the one that you sneak one out. It's at home. TJ might be back. I think it's actually trending the towards Dolphins. him being back. Oh, sorry. You're, it you're is, thinking you're, it's going to be the, the Dolphins The, the women's going to be the Dolphins. If, sorry. if Tua is out for a couple more weeks and doesn't get back up to speed. Well, we know he's for sure out this he's week. He's not playing against the Jets. Which, duh. Thank you. Jets are going to be 3-2. and two. 
Yes, but but like <laughs> the fact that Mike McDaniel's had to come out and make a statement saying yes, two two will be back, sitting the obvious for the rest of his. Year. So he's not gonna. He might not play against the Steelers, or he might not be. One hundred percent. His week one self, or his week two self, when or he week lit three, up the yeah. Baltimore Ravens. Week three when he beat Buffalo, he was half concussed in that game. And he too, still won so, that game. Yeah, yeah, but that's the one that now has all of a sudden opened up to me and been like, well, if TJ is not back against the Buccaneers. There's a really good chance he's probably back against Miami. I know it's on the road, but if TJ can play kind of, you know, somewhat of a semblance of himself and open up a lot of other passing rush lanes for other people, then all of a sudden I think they can harass Teddy Bridgewater, force him into some turnovers, make his life a living hell. And on top of that, that'll be third start for Kenny Pickett. Mm -hmm. And like we said, we want to see more progression. We want to see week-to-week improvement from him. So hopefully he's starting to, you know, settle in by that point, have a couple of big plays under his belt, and have the confidence really starting to build for him. So I've kind of changed tune there as far as the death stretch is concerned. I'm off of Tampa. I mean, Brady looked unbelievable on Sunday Night Football. They scored a ton of points. Wasn't enough to keep up with Kansas City, but the Steelers' offense isn't the Kansas City offense. If you don't fumble your opening kickoff, it It might be be enough to keep up with Kansas City. So their offense looks like it's back on track. Godwin and Evans both back in the lineup. Miami loses too. It's just that's the nature of the NFL. It's week to week. One week I'm thinking Tampa Bay's banged up. The offense stinks. Give me Tampa Bay in that death stretch. Then the next week, Tom Brady is 381 yards, four touchdowns. Evans can't stop catching touchdowns. Godwin's back. They score 31 points uh, against the Chiefs. And the Dolphins are missing their starting quarterback. It just changed. It's such a fluid sure. league. But yeah, that Dolphins game now is the one I circle and say, Kenny's going to have a couple starts under his belt. TJ Watt probably is back in this game. I'm not going to say they go to Miami and get a win. Still a good football team around Teddy Bridgewater or Tua if he's playing. But that's the one now that I circle and say, this is probably the swing game. This is the one that you can win. If that's the game that T.J. Wall comes back for, I want to set realist expectations. We find ourselves victims of setting ourselves up for failure when we say, oh, well, T.J.'s going to come back, four sacks right there. Kane's going to have his third start, 300 yards and five touchdowns on receptions there. Realistically, when you've looked at the last two years for T.J. Watt, when he comes back from injury time, he's not necessarily always 100%. So I don't know if I will expect T.J. Watt, despite the fact that he's had, what, five or six weeks if if the Dolphins game is his first game back, all that time to recover, that he's going to still come out as fresh as he did in week one of the regular season against Cincinnati. Realistically, I think what you can get out of him is – some pressure, but I think he's going to be more dangerous for you in the fact that he's just on the field. Miami will yeah, have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, they have to account for him. Miami will have to game plan for him, and hopefully that will allow Alex Highsmith and others to really get to Tua or Teddy Bridgewater or whoever is starting that game. So yeah, yeah, I don't know if I see. I don't know if I see TJ's biggest production coming from what he do he does physically, but what he allows his teammates to do with his presence on the field. Especially because I think he is kind of rushing himself back. Yes, I agree, field. and we know how he plays when he's when he at rushes 100%, himself back when he when he's at a hundred percent versus anything less. Yeah, it's a pretty significant drop off. The guy plays with such a, a high motor and. You know, he goes, the tenacity that he plays with is just always at a 10 out of 10. He never can dial it down whenever he plays. So, yeah, when he's not fully healthy, it's definitely not as impactful. But you're right. You get that Micah Parsons effect. You get that TJ Watt effect where you're just going to, 
attract people like uh, a planet sucking in stars and moons around it and pulling it into their gravitational pull. To steal a term that you use a lot when we were doing our episodes on Monday, if you're a stack guy, right, just simple stack guy cherry picker, you're going to look at that game after the Miami game and say, oh, well, I don't see T.J. Watt having three and a half sacks and a forced fumble and two passes about it down. But if you watch the film, you can see he's actually being a force elsewhere, and the offensive line will probably shift to his end, leaving others open, that sort of thing. That That's the effect that he can have. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Before we get to that game, though, and again, TJ could return as early as the Tampa Bay game, so it could be a second game back against Miami. We're just, you know, spitballing that maybe he has one week where he can't get fully back to speed, and you you activate him from IR next week on Wednesday, but then you still keep him shut down and plan on Miami being his comeback. But before we get to that point, it's baptism by fire, really, for Kenny and the offense in general. I'm excited to see what they look like this week with Kenny getting first-team reps all throughout practice. Mm-hmm. Something that Pat Fryermuth talked about on Chalk Talk last night was not only how impressed he was with Kenny on handling that situation without any first-team reps, but the offense as a whole, right. who never had any chance to run with Kenny at all right. in the week, the practice week leading up to that. It was Mitch getting all of the first-team reps. So if that's how it looked without Kenny getting a single snap in practice, and it was already looking better than it had with Mitch under center, at least more explosive, at least a little bit more of a spark to that offense, then I'm really excited to see, you know, a full week's worth of first-team snaps, really getting comfortable with these guys in the huddle and starting to develop a, a deeper rapport with some of these wide receivers. So really excited, first and foremost, to see what a full week of practice reps can do for the kid. But like I said, it is a baptism by fire. I mean, you couldn't have picked a more hostile environment, I think, on the Steelers' schedule for him to start at. And I'm, in, oh, I'm I, including Baltimore-Cincinnati in that. I agree. I think when, you, when we looked at the schedule before the season started, the one game you could point to as a, yep, it's a loss, was at Buffalo in Week 5. And those fans are going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. Two straight road games for the Bills, so it's been almost half a month since, they, plus, since they've seen their Buffalo Bills. Plus, they're looking for a little revenge game for last year. Looking for some revenge last year. 90, who pretty much won the game for the Steelers last year, Won't ain't, ain't going to be out there this year, so Josh Allen can sleep well at night leading into this game. Won't be harassed by T.J. Watt, but... We talked about how maybe Kenny gets a couple of reps under his belt, gets a couple of plays that he feels confident in, his confidence builds, he can go to Miami and he can help you win that game there. Playing in this stadium at Buffalo for his first game, if you want to spin it to a positive, he's, like I said, he's probably not going to face as crazy of an environment against as good of a team 
really for the remainder of the season. I mean, Baltimore, sure, will sneak in there, and they're pretty good. And I think the Bengals will start to get back on track a little bit. But, you know, other than that, this is by far, in my mind, the best team on their schedule. Yes. Maybe Philly is is number two right there. But there's still a part of Philly that I think You're you wondering. doubt. You wonder if the other shoe's going to drop at uh-huh. one point, just because this is their first year really showing it. Right. Where and the Bills have been this for two, three years now. And if you're not the, say, the Green Bay Packers or the New England Patriots of old, if you're the last team who's undefeated, there's always going to be people wondering, well, how real of an undefeated team are you? Just look at the Steelers from 2020. They right. kept, went all the way to 11-0, and then people said, oh, well, they're frauds, you know, because they went 11-0 and then finished 12-4. and if he can handle this environment and show some positives in this game, I don't need him to go out there and win the game as a 14-point underdog. But if he can show some positives, keep it within that spread, make a couple of plays offensively, splash plays that we haven't seen yet this year, uh, if he can keep getting Pickens and Firemuth both involved, that'd be great. Just you know, just little things that I want to see within the game that will help contribute towards a competitive game, but doesn't necessarily have to contribute towards a win. If I if I see that from Kenny in that environment, then I'm going to be really confident that he'll be able to come home next week against Tampa and play even better and then use that experience of that tough road test against Buffalo and Miami mm-hmm. and Philly and just keep building up on these experiences. Yeah, and then once it's you have all the, about the experiences And then once year. you have that bye week, you're playing your your first half of the schedule is a lot more difficult. Than the second half. I agree. I think if they're going to start to step, I think the perfect way that this Steelers season go, they might be one and seven heading into that bye week. But I think you can string together some wins down the stretch mm-hmm. against teams like the Colts, against teams like the Falcons, the against Panthers, teams like the Panthers, the Saints, and the Saints for sure, because it's at home and you have two weeks to prepare for it. And on top of that, you'd expect the offense and TJ Watt to be healthy. So the offense should be getting better and better. And better and better. So maybe you beat a Ravens towards that back end of the stretch. Maybe you beat the Browns mm-hmm. in the second game, last game of the year. Despite at home. Deshaun Watson like, being there. Because you're just better. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I agree with you that the second half of the schedule is where I think you really need to focus on how good Kenny Pickett has gotten week to week. If he's one and seven heading into the bye, no need for panic yet. Let's see how he handles the Saints. Let's see how he handles the Bengals at home. Let's see how he handles the Colts on Monday Night Football. And then we can make our judgments. But I agree. That second half of the season is the thing I circle and say, let's start to string some wins together here and build some of that momentum into 2023 because it's about building momentum 23. It's getting Kenny these experiences so when he gets to or he has to go to Buffalo yeah. in 2024 or right. 2025, I've been there, done that as a rookie. This is old hat for me. So it's just all about building this kid up, getting him experience, and you know, really hoping to see – progression in a week-to-week fashion and tom it's kind of weird it's kind of like a backwards way to go about it but maybe by starting him against buffalo against tampa against miami against philly will lead to a better result at season's end rather than giving him atlanta off the bat carolina off the bat new orleans uh indianapolis the raiders who are we know struggling at this part of the season Giving him, giving him the easy opponents thinking, oh, well, I could just go up and beat anybody, right? And then saving Tampa and those teams, Cleveland and Baltimore, all for the very end. Then you throw him into the fire and, and you kind of realize, oh, man, maybe he's not built for this. But if you get him ready against the best of the best early on, then he should be easily be able to go into those games that I mentioned 
and the actual second half of the season and say, oh, I can actually beat these teams for sure, no questions asked. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more than that. Um, Pickett just needs to get as comfortable as possible and you know what, as Tom? the season moves on. What I saw from him, yes, the three interceptions for sure, but the the the, the level of confidence he had getting the ball into the hands of Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens, Deontay really didn't have a big day, but he looked like there was some kind of connection with those guys. He just looked like it's the spark that everybody was talking about. He just looked like they got an injection of adrenaline into their bodies. Everybody on the offense when he came in, uh, as far as you know, Pickett, you know, potentially getting ruined because he's going up against a mountain of opponents. I mean, just a brutal stretch of play. It's very. He's possible. made of tougher stuff, though. I think he's made of tougher stuff. I don't think that's going to be the problem with him. And I but- like to point to what he said in his post game. And I like to point at what Tomlin said yesterday to prove this point. Kenny says in his post game, I went to them and said, "Don't shut this playbook down at all. Mm-hmm. Keep it as open as it has been. I am up to speed with everything in this offense. Don't handcuff yourself just because I'm a rookie." And then Tomlin was asked, "Is there any, you know, reservations with Kenny being able to do anything within your offense?" And Tomlin just very bluntly said, "None at all." So, mm-hmm. he's up to speed with everything. Right. I think that he's such a smart football thinker and you have to be to be a really good quarterback in this league, that he's going to understand, I'm going to go through growing pains. I can't because I throw two interceptions against Tampa Bay at home and they win the game by a couple tutties. Two tutties? <laughs> I got to sit back and realize this is part of the learning experience. And I think you saw that too with his text exchange with Ben Roethlisberger that we found out on the Big Ben podcast, football. Right. Where Ben said, you know, Kenny texted me and said, I got to get that ball out of bounds. I got to throw it away. And Ben was like, you're talking to a guy who never threw it away. Just keep playing with confidence. Right thing to say, old man Ben's throwing that thing into the popcorn. Oh, absolutely. And he's living to fight another day. But I like that Kenny recognized what he did wrong and is feeling like, man, why didn't I do that? Because that's how you're going to learn in the next spot to be like, oh, wait, this is familiar. Is Fryermuth open? Eh, No, I'm throwing it out of bounds. (laughs) Not really. Am I throwing as I'm almost falling down backwards? Like, just look at Zach Wilson's tape, because dude is just, like, skipping 80 yards backwards uh-huh. and then just bombing one into the stands. Like, you just got to live to fight another day one time. In college, you make plays happen. I get it. In the NFL, the best play sometimes is to just throw it away. I think that what you saw to Kenny Pickett on Sunday, yes, the, the stat line wasn't pretty. Three interceptions, only 10 of 13, and Tom... I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. You could easily see those same numbers against these next four opponents. And it's not going to look pretty. And it could result in four losses back after back after back after back. However, you could come out of it saying, well, yeah, you were going up against really tough opponents. And yeah, Kenny himself may may not have had the best day. But wow, does that offense look night and day from the offense you saw in weeks one through three. I really hope that's what we get. And right? I hope and, we... and then and then you say, and we threw Kenny into the fire. That's what you had to do. That's what we were left with. We knew once Kenny went out there as a starter, you could not pull him out and put Mitch in unless he struggled at a ridiculous level that you'd be stupid to keep him in there, right, which you don't expect to happen. Then, as you said, progress week after week. He's just becoming more and more comfortable, more and more apt to NFL scenarios. By the time he's 
after done with that four-week stretch, he has his bye week to really recoup. He has a home game to start that, that second half of the season against New Orleans. And you have a lot more of an easier schedule down the stretch. Sure, you have what? You have Baltimore twice, Cleveland once, and Cincinnati once. But you have a team surrounding you who is very familiar with all three of those opponents. You have a coach who's familiar with all three of those opponents. You have T.J. Watt who's familiar with all three of those opponents. So I'm not really too concerned about how – I don't want people to come into this four-game stretch and see, oh, well, Kenny's throwing picks all day long again against these good teams. Well, maybe we should have kept Mitch. Depends on the nature of the picks. Yeah, right. If they're real bad and no one's around and he's throwing pick sixes because guys are obviously jumping routes or he's overthrowing somebody and a safety can just say thank you very much and catch it in his chest, then we got problems. If they're the interceptions that we saw on Sunday, I can live with those a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to keep happening. You don't want three per but game. But you're trying to make stuff yeah. happen. You're forcing mm-hmm. the ball down the field. Like Williamson, Matt Williamson, who you, who you hear on the drive on this very uh, radio station and the drives podcast, he said that with the Claypool pass that was picked off, underthrown, yes. Could Claypool have made a better effort on it? Yes. Both are true. But the most interesting thing he said was, I don't know if Mitch even makes that pass or even tries to make I think that pass. An and that's what point. he saw that was like, okay, I like that this kid's at least trying to push the ball down the field to a on, playmaker. On, uh, it didn't I work, it, but at least he's trying. I think so you had to look at what the pocket, the, the development of the pocket in both of those interceptions, right? Because we're ignoring the third that came at the end of the game, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the first one, Kenny rolled to his, the Claypool one. Rolled to his right, had an open field in front of him, maybe could have run, but saw Claypool in what was seemingly single coverage, right? The other defender caught up because the ball was tipped. So really he had rushed past the one, the safety, and the cornerback that he was facing off against was in single coverage. So I don't know if Mitch takes that ball either, if Mitch just kind of slowly scrambles to get as close to a first down as possible, but I liked what Kenny's decision was. He saw the open field in front of him, but he still went for the deep ball with Claypool because you would assume with Claypool's height and size that he could have caught that ball one-on-one. That's just not the result. <clears throat> On the second, right, Kenny, as we said, falling down, having to use, like, he basically used 90% of his efforts to get that ball to Pat. If he went 100, that ball would have gone out of bounds. The game could have ended differently. But I don't think there's a question... Mitch, not because of his game IQ and saying, oh, I'd rather take a sack here than throw an interception. He's going down in that pocket, right? He's not even considering throwing the ball. He's just saying. Which might have been the better play, honestly. But, but I don't think it's because of his game IQ that that play is the, that the, that the sack is the result. I think it's just Mitch saying, I'm not going to throw this ball. I'm just going to take the sack because I, I don't want I don't want to throw that ball. I don't I don't feel confident throwing that ball. Yeah, that probably is how that would play out. That second one is really on Kenny because he put it in that no-man's land where Fryermuth thinks he can make a play on it. Mm-hmm. So he obviously tries to make a play on it because he's great. But if, if Fryermuth just watches that ball sail over his head, it's probably going out of bounds because the reason— Well, I don't was, know about that because couldn't the defender have mm, just jumped up himself? I, that was a pretty—I mean, Fryermuth couldn't even—there's no way the right. defender was as tall as Fryermuth was. That's a good point. And the ball's cooking so fast that Fryermuth tips it. He set it in the air like he was playing volleyball. Right. And it just had dropped right into the jet. It, mm-hmm. I think it would have hit the side. Maybe a Jets defender gets a tip on it or something, but I think it eventually falls out Goes of bounds. Out. So 
you got to get it up to a spot where your playmaker doesn't think he even has a chance, so he doesn't even try to make that play. One last thing I want to touch on with Kenny and what would help Kenny offensively is I saw some bursts from Najee against the yes. Jets. Average 4.1 yards per carry. He's in the 70s as far as rushing yards in that game. You're losing, though. Or, no, you were winning. You'd like to see him get a couple of more runs probably and help salt away at that clock, but that's not how the game plan went, and the Jets were kind of doing a good job of stopping him on first down there. But if we can see Najee start to get that burst back, maybe it really was the lingering If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.